the uh... thank you very much, Kristen, for that wonderful introduction. So once again, my name is Tim Kuo. I'm a field application scientist here at Kaijin Digital Insights. And today we're going to look at how to use Kaijin Ingenuity Pathway Analysis software for cross-species comparison and validation for drug discovery and biomarker research, as well as perhaps some basic uh, science research as well. So some of the topics that we're going to cover today include an introduction to the software, as I can see that many of you are new to Ingenuity Pathway Analysis. Then we're going to look at a couple of various different analytics that we can do in IPA. So the first one is to compare different pathways and regulatory networks across different species. And then we're going to look at how to compare your own data against pre-curated and pre-analyzed public data. And some of these analytics include activity plot, pattern search, and analysis match. We are then going to look at how to create expression and correlation plots using pre-curated and pre-analyzed public data in Land Explorer. To start, a legal disclaimer that the Kyogen products shown here are intended for molecular biology applications, and these products are not intended for the diagnosis, prevention, or treatment of a disease. Thank you for everybody for participating in the pre-meeting poll. Uh, it's really useful to understand the attendees' background and familiarity with the software. We will be launching additional polls throughout today's webinar to keep it interactive. So uh, your participation is greatly encouraged. If you have any questions during the talk, please feel free to use the Q&A box. On the call today, I have my wonderful colleague, Kristen, who is more than uh, happy to answer any scientific questions you may have. I also have Paul and Leah, wonderful, wonderful colleagues and account managers who will be more than happy to answer any licensing you questions you may have in regards to IPA. So feel free to say hi in the Q&A box, let us know if you have any questions or just thoughts about today's presentation or the software in general. To keep the webinar interactive, from time to time, I'll also be asking for the raise hand button. So if you could go ahead and press that raised hand button in your Zoom control panel, that would be greatly appreciated. Great, I can see a couple of you locating that raised hand button. That's great, thank you very much. So from time to time, I'll be asking for that button to be pressed. And once again, after this training is over, please feel free to click on the registration link below, refill your information, and today's recording will be available on demand. All right, let's get started. So we always like to start by highlighting the fact that IPA has been broadly used across the scientific community. And specifically for today's focus, IPA has been used for various different cross-species analysis, whether that is to look for biomarkers or to look at various different mechanisms. So I encourage uh, attendees today to look into these papers to see how users use IPA to look for biomarkers, mechanisms, drug targets across the different species. 
So as many of you in the audience are aware of, working across species is a valuable tool for biomedical research. Cross-species research has allowed the scientific community to discover and test many disease states and potential treatments before they go into clinical trials. Thus being able to compare the vast amounts of omics data across different species is paramount for these types of biomedical research. So let's take a case study here. So during 2013 and 2016, so the pre-COVID era, there was a novel isolate of Ebola virus, this particular subtype, that caused an epidemic in West Africa. So due to this, there's a lot of interest in understanding the molecular, bio, bio, the molecular mechanisms of the viral infection. In addition, what are some potential biomarkers that medical professionals can track to evaluate disease progression? Is it possible to look for potential therapeutics to add into our armamentarium in our fight against Ebola? By using the ferret and the non-human primate as models for Ebola infection and analyzing the transcriptomics across the time course post-infection, we can use IPA for drug discovery, for biomarker validation, as well as for basic science research. So in this particular case study, animals were infected with Ebola and samples were collected at zero, three, five, seven days post-infection, and for the non-human primate, nine days post-infection. And now we're going to look at how we can use IPA to compare across these different species. So the first analysis we can do is comparison analysis, where we can include all of the various different time points across the ferrets and across the non-human primates. In this case, what we're looking at are canonical pathways that are either upregulated, upregulated would be orange, or downregulated, which are colored in blue. So there are actually two things that we can note from this type of comparison analysis. So if we're just looking at the ferrets, it seems like the predicted activation occurs five days post-infection. Whereas in non-human primates, it seems like the peak of the infection occurs at seven days post-infection, just by the relative intensities of the orange and the blue heat map. Within IPA, what we can do is we can look into the genes associated with particular canonical pathways. So in this case, looking at this S100 family singling pathway, which is involved with inflammation and tumor genesis, we can see that there are many genes that are specific for one species versus another, but we can also look at common genes that are upregulated across these different species. So for example, this GPR84 is quite interesting because this receptor is known to play a role in inflammation and fatty acid sensing. So could this particular receptor be used as a drug target for Ebola infection? Likewise, MMP8, which is uh, metal protease 8, 
is also increased across both ferrets and non-human primates. So could this particular protein be used as a biomarker to track post-infection from Ebola? So of course, we can look at other genes here as well that are upregulated across the different time courses and across different species. And we can also note species-specific genes that are upregulated. So for example, this FPR2. So by using comparison analysis, not only can we look for similarities across these different species, but we can also look at differences as well. And note that we can compare across time courses here as well. I noticed in the pre-meeting poll that many of you work beyond transcriptomics data. Some of you are looking at proteomics, phosphoproteomics, and metabolomics data. You can use comparison analysis to not only compare across species, but also to compare across different metabolomics, proteomics, and RNA-seq together. So what else can we do with IPA? So in IPA, what we can look for is whether there are public data sets with a particular entity that is either activated or inhibited. So in this case, looking at the five days post-infection ferret samples, we can see that the top canonical pathway that is inhibited in this case, and remember inhibition is colored in blue, is this EF, EIF2 signaling pathway. So of course, EIF2 is a protein involved with protein translation. So it's quite interesting that perhaps Ebola virus is hijacking the translational machinery and shutting it down. What we can do is we can examine what are other public data sets that have either an activated EIF2 signaling or inhibited EIF2 signaling? In this case, using the metadata table on the bottom here, we can see that there are particular viruses such as influenza A, this chronic rhinosinovirus, HIV infection, as well as other disease states that have EIF2 signaling that is predicted to be inhibited. So imagine doing an experiment using one model species and being able to compare other species such as human and mouse and rats as well using public data sets that have been pre-curated and pre-analyzed in IPA. Scientists such as yourself sometimes want to know what are public data sets that have matching, again, matching would be positive Z-score, or anti-matching against my gene expression profile? So in this case, what we can do is we can look at TLR2, which is a toll-like receptor 2, which is involved with pattern um, sensing. And in this case, in this particular pattern, we can see that some of these genes are upregulated in our data set, and those are colored in red. And some of these genes are colored in green because they're downregulated in our data set. So we can ask a simple question. Are there public data sets that match this gene expression? And are there public data sets that 
are anti-matching to this gene expression. In this way, we can discover public data sets that have activated TLR2 based on our gene signature and public data sets that have anti-matching TLR2 activation state based on the gene signature. So we can compare one single uh, entity in IPA. We can match gene expression, but we can also look at the overall experiments and match that to public data sets. So imagine doing one experiment using a model system and being able to match thousands, hundreds of thousands, in fact, of public data sets across mouse, human, and rat public data. And in this case, we can look for public data sets that have similar core analysis to look at how are there, are there any disease states that match Ebola? And in this case, what we can see is that, yes, one of the top matching disease states public from public sources is Ebola um, here. We can also see other viral infections, as well as some uh, additional interesting um, public studies here that have an experiment that looks similar to our five days post-infection in ferrets. And of course, we can also look at public data that have anti-matching core analysis. So in this case, what we can do is we can look at treatments that could be potentially repurposed to reverse the effects of Ebola. We can select a couple of them to look at how they compare across the different canonical pathways. So remember at the beginning, we were focused on this S100 family signaling pathway as perhaps a potential biomarker for Ebola infection. In this case, Studies that look similar to ours, in this case, we can pick Ebola, influenza A, and perhaps one other one. These have similar canonical pathways activation. And some of the treatments that we can select in analysis match reverses that activation state. And in fact, the S100 family singling pathway is now predicted to be inhibited. So the last thing that we can do with public data in IPA is to validate and confirm our findings. So let's say we looked at this S100 family signature pathway using our ferrets and non-human primates. We looked at this GPR84 because it's expressed upregulated across all of these different species. We can dive into public data to see how this particular gene is expressed across various different infectious disease states. So in this case, we can see that Ebola actually has a high expression of GPR84 compared to something like influenza, viral infectious disease, and other additional uh, diseases, infectious diseases here. We can even subdivide these based on tissues. And what's really interesting is that the liver has a high expression of GPR84. And it looks like there may be two different cohorts in the spleen for the expression of GPR84. 
And then one last thing that we can do is we can actually look for genes to see whether they're correlated or not. In this case, we can see that MMMP8 may have a positive correlation with GPR84. So now that I've shown you some of the results that we can produce within IPA for cross-species studies, I'm just launching a poll to see whether these are the types of illustrations that may be useful to you for your cross-species research. If there are any additional results that you are looking for that I may not have covered, please feel free to use the Q&A box to let us know what are additional analysis that you would like to use IPA for, for your cross-species analysis. I can see that many of you are here to learn, which is great. Welcome. Hopefully you get something out of today's webinar. And I can see that the majority of you uh, think that these are exactly the results that you would like to produce with IPA for your cross-species analysis. So again, feel free to use the Q&A box. Kristen, Paul, and Leah, they're all online to help you out with any licensing or scientific questions that you may have. So for those of you who are new to IPA, what is IPA? So we have a team of experts, scientists like myself, who manually curate findings from top journals, from review articles, as well as consortium data. So this manual curation is necessary because as much as we love chat GPT, natural language processing is simply not powerful enough to curate scientific literature to look at how genes are related to one another and how genes are related to various different biological functions and disease states. So we need that expert manual curation to build that Kyogen knowledge base. Of course, here at Kyogen, we're always looking at innovations and different ways to improve our product. And one of those is automated text findings that are then manually curated from our experts. So any of the literature findings that you find in our Kyogen knowledge base will have been processed by a curation team, by a team member, by a human being. But in addition to that, we also have modeled knowledge. So these are expert knowledge, such as canonical pathways. So how are genes related to one another? What are their predictions? As well as the toxicity list. These are expert knowledge that is contained within our knowledge base. We also have third-party information. So these may be protein-protein interactions. I noticed that some of you in the audience work with microRNA. So microRNA targets are contained within our Kyogen knowledge base. We have biomarkers, clinical trial information, as well as additional third-party information. Those are included in the software. And we also have included additional databases, such as COSMIC, OEMIM, target scan for microRNAs, and human site for metabolomic, uh, met metabolic pathways as well. So imagine all of these findings, these knowledge base, these databases contained within our knowledge base accessible to you through IPA. This knowledge base has been up, has been uh, around for the last about 20 years. And 
it's updated on a weekly basis. And we are up to about 12 or more than 12.6 million findings. Again, expertly curated by our team of scientists. So in addition to those findings in IPA, what we have done is we have processed and curated omics data from ArrayExpress, GEO, TCGA, SRA, links, single cell data. And if you're unfamiliar with any of these sources, feel free to use the Q&A box and Kristen would be more than happy to provide you with additional information about these various different databases, these various different sources. Our team of scientists have curated the metadata using controlled vocabulary. We also have processed these data through a standard bioinformatics pipeline. We have done statistical modeling on comparisons so that users such as yourselves can use that to explore biological findings in public data sets by leveraging both the public data and that Kyogen knowledge base. We can then look for anti-matching and matching public studies. So perhaps we can make unexpected insights into shared mechanisms behind uh, studies. In addition, we can explore gene expression levels using Land Explorer. So remember those box plots that we showed at the earlier in today's uh, presentation. We can look at how the target is differentially expressed, understand how omics data influences survival for those of you who are interested in TCGA and cancer, and even identify mutation status of a particular target. So all of these studies, these analytics are possible within IPA. So since we're talking about cross species today, IPA fully supports human IDs, mouse IDs, and rat IDs. But in addition to that, IPA can remap ortholog uh, orthologous identifiers from 28 additional species. And this is uh, continuously being expanded. So feel free to try out your uh, bovine I noticed somebody in the pre-meeting poll saying that they work with pigs. So feel free to upload your pig data set into IPA. Feel free to try out any of these various different species within IPA for your omics analysis. So now that I've talked about IPA and the Kaijin knowledge base, let's look at how we can compare across the various different pathways and regulatory networks. So, for today, what we're gonna do is we're going to compare across various different species. In this case, the ferrets and the non-human primates across a time course of Ebola infection. And we're gonna look at how the various different canonical pathways are either predicted to be activated or predicted to be inhibited. I noticed that many of you may be new to IPA and may want to know how to upload your own data and set up your core analysis. Don't worry, there are a couple of ways to learn how to use IPA. We have pre-recordings available to you. We have slides that are available for you to follow along. 
if you're with and jump into IPA, you can see that there is this analyzing mRNA and proteomics tab in this quick start menu where you can even get additional tutorial data as well. And if we jump back to the first slide from our presentation today, on October, uh, let's see, on October 4th, there we go, we have a new user training. So for those of you who are interested in following along, you can register for October 4th new user training to get more details about how to set up your IPA training. So let's go ahead and jump back into our comparison analysis. And this is where I'm going to dive into the software. So here is IPA. And for those of you who may be new to IPA, the first time you open up the software, you're going to get this quick start menu. And again, for those of you who are new, if you want to learn more about how to analyze your mic, uh, mRNA or proteomics data, feel free to click on the tab here. And of course, we also have microRNA data tutorial for those of you who are interested in that. And for those of you who close this window too quickly, feel free to go to the help and quick start, and that's where you can launch that particular window. On the side here is our project manager where all of our data sets and our analysis are going to reside. And today we're gonna to be working with ferrets and non-human primates. But I also just wanna take a quick um, time to just show you that IPA can analyze data coming out of zebrafish as well as dogs as well. So uh, in the past, I've worked with customers working with even uh, additional species beyond the rat, human, and mouse in IPA. So going back to the ferrets and the non-human primate, for those of you who would like to follow along today, let's go ahead and click on the Create New button on the top left-hand corner here. And we're going to launch Comparison Analysis. So again, Create New, Comparison Analysis, and this is where we can highlight the analysis that we would like to combine into our comparison analysis. So what I'm doing is I'm clicking on the first file and the last file while pressing the shift button and clicking on add. So again, feel free to select your files and these could be across different species across different time points, across different omics data, such as metabolomics, proteomics, transcriptomics. Click on add. And this is where we can reorganize these different files. So perhaps I want to put our ferrets on top and go from three to five to seven, and then match our non-human primates, three to five to seven. So feel free to use this move up, move down button to help you organize your data. After that, let's go ahead and click on this view comparison. And this allows us to generate a heat map to see what are the canonical pathways that are similar across our different analysis and what are the canonical pathways that may be different across our 
various different analysis. So this is the heat map showing us various different canonical pathways that are either predicted to be activated. So predicted activation are pathways that are colored in orange. And predicted inhibition are colored in blue. So again, what's really interesting is that, first of all, it seems like predicted activation post-infection uh, Ebola for ferrets occurs on day five. Whereas for the non-human primates, this peak activation, just looking at perhaps the top uh, canonical pathways here, occurs on day seven. So we can already see different um, canonical pathways that are different across these different species. We can scroll through them to look for canonical pathways that are similar or quite different across these different species. One useful method is to use the sort method and hierarchical clustering to see how these various different clusters cluster with one another. Are there particular clusters that may be different across ferrets and non-human primates? So this is a quick way to group these different studies together to see whether there are any differences across species as well. But let's go ahead and go back up to, I'm going to resort this by using score. We can see that S100 family singling pathway is predicted to be activated upon Ebola infection across both ferrets and non-human primates to look for potential biomarkers and for potential drug targets, let's go ahead and click on a particular square for this heat map. And we can open up the canonical pathway on the side here, where once again, anything we see that are in red would be genes that are upregulated in our data set. Anything that are green would be genes that are downregulated in our data set. Any of the molecules that are in orange are predicted activations, and any ones that are in blue would be predicted inhibition. We can go ahead and click on this gene heat map to generate a heat map for the genes involved in S100 family signaling pathway. And here we can see that, again, GPR84 and MMMP8 are both upregulated in ferrets, so let me go back in ferrets, and in non-human primates. So these could be potential biomarkers and drug targets for Ebola virus infection. And of course, on the bottom here, we can also see additional genes that are common across these different species. Now, for those of you in the audience who may be looking for differences, feel free to use the canonical pathways as well as the genes involved in the particular canonical pathways to look for differences across these different species. The last thing that we should uh, mention is that there is an upstream analysis tab. So if you would like to compare across different upstream regulators that may be impacting your, uh, your data set, 
feel free to use the upstream analysis to look for common as well as distinct upstream regulators across your different species. And if you're looking for various different diseases and different biological functions that may be different, feel free to use the diseases and functions. So let's jump back into the slideshow to look at how we generated the comparison analysis tab. So rather than going to core analysis, what we're going to do is we're going to click on the create new button, click on comparison analysis, select our analysis of interest, move those over, and then we can organize them up or down. We can then click on this view comparison tab where we can generate our various different uh, canonical pathways heat map. So remember, we can compare across canonical pathways. We can compare across upstream regulators. We can also compare across diseases and functions as well. There is a filter option for those of you who may be interested in filtering down these various different canonical pathways. We can change our sort method. We can export our heat map. And once we clicked on any of the boxes to open up the pathway on the side here, we can open up a gene heat map for that particular pathway where we can look at potential biomarkers and drug targets as well. So with that, I'd like to take a quick break to see if there are any questions I could answer live for the audience. Awesome, thank you so much, Tim, for that uh, wonderful present presentation so far. So first things first, I am gonna launch a speed poll just to check in with you guys, see if we are um, keeping pace with what you hope to see, as well as a few additional questions that we're collecting feedback on. So one of the questions that came through is uh, can we pair uh, microRNA data with say what uh, genes or proteins those microRNAs uh, interact with? Is there absolutely. a way to do that in IPA? Yep. Yes, absolutely. So feel free to use, um, let me jump back into the software. For those of you who may be interested in looking at microRNAs and genes or microRNAs and proteins, there is a microRNA target filter that you can use to filter down your genes to gene, microRNAs to genes or microRNAs to proteins. Uh, we do have wonderful videos online uh, for those trainings. So feel free to access those videos to watch to see how we can use this microRNA target filter to help you identify your microRNA targets. Awesome, thank you so much for that, Tim. Another question that came through is, what if my identifiers are not supported by IPA? What do I do then? Yeah, so, you know, it's great that we have, we're continuously expanding the number of species. Sometimes it does take time to incorporate those algorithms and to incorporate those mappings. So I can think of three ways that uh, one could use to upload their species of interest into IPA. The first is to just, Quick and dirty, upload a list of genes, right? So gene symbols, hopefully they convert from one to another. A quick way of just looking to see whether there are any particular analysis, any particular interesting canonical pathways that pop up. So using the gene symbols. The second one is to use the Ensemble Biomark, 
So that allows users to identify orthologs between their species of interest and either mouse, rat, or human. So that is the second method. The third method is to use the UCSC uh, table browser to look for orthologs. So there are multiple ways of looking at uh, orthologs to the mouse, rat, or human. So feel free to explore any of those options as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much for that, Tim. So a couple things before I hand back over the reins to you. So I am going to share the link for today's slides once again in the chat box in case you missed it uh, the first couple times. And I'm also going to include the uh, IPA uh, certification registration link. So again, like I said at the top of this uh, hour, if you're interested in becoming an IPA certified analyst, please feel free to visit that uh, link and we can get you on the way uh, with that. So thank you so much for sticking with us and filling out these polls. So I will hand this back over to you, Tim, thanks. Thank you, Kristen, for that uh, break. And thank you to the audience for participating in the pre-meeting polls, to the uh, to the meeting polls, and using the Q&A box. Remember, we have Paul and Kristen online to help you out with any Q&A questions or uh, thoughts that you may have about today's presentation. So let's go ahead and talk about other ways that we can use IPA for cross-species analysis. So. Remember, in IPA, what we can do is we can compare across public data sets with our own data sets to see whether a particular identity is either activated, activated would have positive Z-score, or inhibited, which would have negative Z-score. So let's jump back into IPA to look at how we can access what is known as activity plot. So in IPA, and let's go ahead and close our comparison analysis for those of you following along. Remember, for those of you who are new to IPA, what we can do is we can go to create new and we can create a new core analysis. And that's going to produce an analysis file for us to explore. So. Let's go ahead and open up an analysis of interest. In this case, I'm opening up the day five versus zero ferrets because this is the time course or time point where it seems like a lot of canonical pathways are, are predicted to be activated and predicted to be inhibited at the maximal level. So in this case, let's go ahead and expand this. For those of you who are new to IPA, the summary tab is going to give us the top findings for our canonical pathways, for our upstream regulators, our diseases and functions, as well as additional analytics. Feel free to register for that new user training if you would like to learn more about these various different uh, analytics. So let's go ahead and press this pathways button here. And the first thing that we can do is once this loads up, let's go ahead and use this drop down menu and change this vertical bar chart to a horizontal bar chart. So get drop down menu, change this to a horizontal bar chart so that we can read that EIF2 signaling is predicted to be inhibited based on the 
blue bar. When we click on this bar, this opens up our molecules here on the side. And what we can see is we can see the experimental fold change. We can see what is expected. And I encourage those of you who are new to IPA to join our new user training to learn more about how IPA makes these types of predictions. Once we click on the bar, we can see this particular button known as activity plot. So with activity plot, what we can do is we can investigate how EIF2 signaling is activated or inhibited across public data sets that have been pre-curated and pre-analyzed by our team of scientists. So again, anything that has a positive Z-score would have a predicted activation of EIF2 signaling. And of course, we consider anything greater than two to be predicted activation. And anything that's negative would be predicted inhibition of this particular signaling pathway. And again, anything less than negative two would be those studies. So let's say we're trying to validate EIF2 signaling in our Ebola samples. We can select these various different dots, use the metadata table below here to look at what are some of these disease states? So again, we have HIV infection, influenza. We also have different um, other studies and we select a couple more. Perhaps we can see even more studies that may have, again, inhibited EIF2 signal. So if we want to look at the other side, so let's say if we want to activate EIF2 signaling so that perhaps we can relieve this Ebola infection, we can select this other side where there is a positive Z-score. And one thing that we can do is we can customize the table and then scrolling through that metadata that our team of scientists have used control vocabulary for, we can click on this case subject treatment. So this is where we can see, are there particular subject treatments and drugs that could alleviate EIF2 signaling, or in this case, activate it? And indeed, for multiple myeloma, there's this particular drug combination that seems to have, and seems to activate EIF2 signaling. So one, may speculate that this particular treatment may be useful for Ebola infections as well. So just using that raised hand button, how many of you in the audience would find this particular activity plot analytics to be useful for your cross-species comparison? So I can see some of you in the audience finding the activity plot to be useful. That's great. Thank you for that feedback. Of course, once you find a particular study that you're interested in, so let's say this multiple myeloma, we can look at all of the various different metadata associated this with this particular study. So in this case, this is a single cell RNA-seq experiment looking at a particular cluster. 
we have various different disease states, disease stages for this particular disease state, particular gender, our subject treatment, cell type, all of this information, our team of scientists have diligently curated and attached to all of these different samples. And of course, if we scroll down a little bit further down, we can access the geo accession link, as well as the link to generate a volcano plot for this particular comparison. And this is another way in which users that I've worked in the past have identified their specific biomarkers as well. So sometimes with these uh, large trainings, we may have some server issues, but once we get to that, uh, we'll see if we can generate this particular view again. So this activity plot is for canonical pathways, but let's say you want to study upstream regulators. So for those of you who may be new to IPA, Upstream regulators are potential regulators that may regulate your genes that are changing in your data set. So in this case, not surprisingly, LPS is predicted to regulate 420 genes that are either upregulated or downregulated in our data set. And what's another reassuring upstream regulator is this poly-IC uh, RNA, which is regulating 191. And poly-IC is used as a RNA molecule to induce a viral or mimic a viral infection in in vitro. So for those of you who may want to know what are particular public data that may have activated IL-4 or perhaps inhibited IL-4, feel free to use this activity plot button. Diseases and functions, this would be analogous to your gene ontology, but beyond gene ontology, we have predicted activation and predicted inhibition. So what's really interesting is that there's a lot of cell movement because all of these rectangles uh, representing one particular gene ontology is um, all of them are uh, highlighted in orange, so these are predicted to be activated. So if there is a particular one, let's say cancer, you want to know which public data sets have activated cancer and inhibited cancer, feel free to select this and click on activity plot. So let's go back to the pathways again, and let's go ahead and click on my slides just to talk about how we got to this point. So again, EIF2 signaling is predicted to be inhibited and is also the most enriched canonical pathway in our particular data set. So are there other public data sets with predicted activation or inhibition of this particular pathway? We can first select this pathway so that the table is open on the bottom and click on activity plot. This will allow us to select studies of interest that have predicted inhibition of the pathway or we can look at predicted activation of the particular pathways. Now, there are various filters in this, uh, in this tab, and these filters are actually, these little filter 
right there, right there, right there, right there. Use these filters to identify data sets of interest where you can then highlight that particular study and look at the metadata. Remember, activity plot is not just for canonical pathways. We can locate activity plot in upstream regulators as well as diseases and functions as well. We can also compare gene signatures across our study against public data sets as well. So let's jump back into IPA and look at how we can generate pattern search for our study of interest. So in this case, let's go ahead and go to an upstream analysis. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with upstream analysis, we can filter down the list of upstream analysis using these various different filters. So perhaps we're interested in transmembrane receptors because we would like to identify targets that we may use to combat Ebola. So this gets our list of 3,500 to 133. And perhaps we sort them based on whether a particular receptor is activated or inhibited. So again, we can see many of these various different transmembrane receptors not only predicted to be activated, but some of them are actually also upregulated as well. So in our case, let's go ahead and perhaps click on this ILR, uh, TRR2. So again, toll-like receptor two. Let's go ahead and display this as a network. And this is where we can see that, again, TLR2 is an upstream regulator that is predicted to regulate all of these various genes in our data set that are either upregulated or downregulated. And upregulated genes are going to be in red, down-regulated genes are going to be in green. So to look at public data sets that may have the same gene signature, we can click on this pattern search. So this allows IPA to look for public data sets that have this exact same gene signature as our TRR2 pattern for day five post-infection in ferrets. And again, this is where we can look for studies that have a similar gene signature for TLR2, and we can select and draw and highlight them. And here we can see that there are 18 of them that overlap our 36, which 18, we can go ahead and click on this little hyperlink. And then we can click on this particular study to see the metadata associated with that particular data set. Likewise, if we are trying to inhibit TOR2, perhaps we're looking for a gene signature that may be anti-matching. And remember to use the customized table, case subject treatment, to look for whether there are particular compounds they may, that may have an anti-matching drug signature or gene signature in this case. 
So again, it's not surprising that we find this particular compound that show up again. So perhaps this may inhibit TLR2. So let's go ahead and jump back into our IPA where we can use the various different filters to identify, in this case, our upstream regulators of interest, select a particular upstream regulator of interest, click on display as network, and then pattern search. We can then select studies of interest to look for similar gene signature or anti-matching gene signature. And again, using the various different filters to find data sets of interest, select on one of interest, and then investigate that metadata. Canonical pathways, feel free to open that up and click on pattern search to look for the gene signature for a particular canonical pathway. And this works also for diseases and functions as well. So the last thing I want to talk about is analysis match. And this is where we're going to match our data set against public data sets using the entire core analysis to look for data sets that have similar core analysis and data sets that have anti-matching core analysis. So within IPA, let's go ahead and click close down this pattern search close down this pathway. We can access analysis match using the analysis match tab here. And once again, what we're doing is we're matching our entire core analysis against our public data that have been pre-curated and pre-analyzed within IPA. And what's really cool is that one of our top hits here or the top hit here is day five post-infection uh, non-human primate. So very reassuring that this particular data set is the one that matches the most with our day five post-infection for ferrets. So the higher the z-score, so the more positive the z-score, the more matching these studies are. And as we can see, we can see some Ebola here rheumatoid arthritis, another type of infectious disease, influenza, influenza, pneumonia, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Remember to use these various different filters to filter down your studies of interest. So let's go ahead and filter down the Z-score so that we can see some that are anti-matching. So in this case, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use 76 or 67.5. This number may be different for your analysis. So feel free to play around with that. So now we can see ones that are in blue. So these are going to be anti-matching data sets. And again, what we can do is we can customize the table, search for our subject treatment. And now we can see these, there are some interesting subject treatments here, right? That could potentially be used for uh, combat against Ebola. 
And what we can do is let's go ahead and select a couple of them and create a comparison analysis heat map. In this case, I'm going to select this myelioidosis, Ebola, perhaps influenza. Let's go ahead and scroll to the bottom here, perhaps a malaria vaccine, anti-mycobacterial, and perhaps this particular uh, uh, fusion protein. So feel free to select some studies of interest. Click on this view comparison button. There is going to be a warning that pop up, letting us know that the background may be different and that's okay. And now we can get an analysis of our own data set against public data. So imagine, imagine doing a transcriptomics or proteomics or metabolomics data with one particular model species and being able to compare against human, mouse, and rat public data sets as well. And not surprisingly, many of the public data that match our Barrett data set have also matching canonical pathways. And the ones that have treatments have anti-matching data sets. So they're predicted to be inhibited at this point. And of course, what we can do is click on the square, click on the heat map to generate targets for biomarkers and or drug targets as well. So let's go back to our slideshow, talk about the various different filters that we can use to find our data sets of interest. Remember to use the customized table subject treatment for those in the audience who may be interested in uh, drug repurposing. We can then select multiple projects of interest to compare against our own. Click on that view comparison button where now we can compare our data set against public data sets. So by using that raise hand button, how many of you would find this analysis match feature to be useful for your cross species analysis? I can see a couple of you, ooh, a lot of you, that was a very quick raised head button uh, reaction, finding this particular uh, function to be useful. So thank you for that feedback. So with that, before we begin the last section of the presentation, uh, I'd love to take a short uh, live Q&A. Awesome, thank you so much, Tim. It's so great to see all of those raise hands buttons. Um, I think Analysis Match is just such a cool tool to kind of expand your research and really uh, delve into the biology that's happening in your experiments. Okay, so a couple questions um, that came up. So the very uh, first one is, what if I don't have my own data set? Can I compare these public data with um, something that's already out there in the wild or um, what's the options there? Thank you. So apps, so let's say if you're working with uh, influenza or you're just studying your project, Let's go ahead and close this. And you just want to see what are some influenza data sets available in IPA. Feel free to click on this data sets and analysis tab, search for influenza, influenza, and click on search. And this is going to search for public data sets that have particular term, and in this case, influenza. 
And let's see how many data sets there are. So now we can get all of the various different public data that have been pre-curated and pre-analyzed. And here we can see some of them are infection of influenza. Others are just influenza A um, samples. Feel free to browse through that metadata right here. We can, of course, let me go ahead and just find one of these. So this is going to be treatment versus control. So influenza versus mock. We can click on this link. Let's see if the link has been updated. And we can generate the volcano plot for this particular study. And if we go back to IPA, we can also add that to comparison to generate that heat map. We can also, let's say we are interested in this one, open up the analysis to go through the canonical pathways, upstream regulators, and diseases and functions for that particular public study. Thank you so much, Tim. A uh, question just came through. Uh, do we need permission for, from someone for to work on these uh, publicly available data and for future publications? Yes, absolutely. So because we have provided the geo-accession numbers, feel free to cite the geo-accession numbers and the publications. So these would be under the PubMed uh, for your uh, papers. And in fact, there are many users who have used data contained within IPA for their own publications. And uh, if you're interested, please feel free to reach out to us and we can send you some of these different publications. So, um, so absolutely, please use the public data within IPA for your publications. And of course, always cite us as well since we uh, provide the analysis for it. And if you want to look at more details about the analysis, so all of the different cutoffs perhaps, those cutoffs would be under the analysis. And if we open up the analysis settings, these are going to be uh, providing you with any additional information about this particular um, setup. Awesome. So in Land Explorer, we had another question come through. Um, do we have any uh, proteomics or metabolomic sets of data in uh, Land Explorer right now for folks to look at? Ooh, that's a very good question. So that is going to be our upcoming release. We will have proteomics data for you to explore. For those of you in the audience who have access to our companion software, Omicsoft, you will have proteomics data available to you to access through TCGA, as well as your clinical proteomics tumor lens. So uh, hold tight. If you have access to IPA only, the proteomics data will be released shortly. For those of you using Omicsoft, feel free to access them through TCGA as well as the clinical proteomics tumor. And for those of you who are interested in Omicsoft, in order to get that information, feel free to let Paul on the call know and he'll provide you more information about the licensing. Awesome, so um, along those lines actually, when we're looking at analysis match here, are we able to see single cell uh, data sets in this uh, search too? 
Yes, absolutely. So what users can do is scroll down here and then we can see and isolate projects associated with single cell. Excellent, awesome. Well, I know you have a lot more to cover today, Tim. Um, so I will hand it back over to you, but not before I remind uh, everybody to fill out. Uh, we have a mid-meeting poll going on right now just to get your feedback on what you saw today and how valuable do you think it is in your research. So please fill that out. And with that, I am gonna hand it back over to you. Thanks, Tim. Thank you, Kristen. And thank you everybody for attending today's training. We may go over just a couple minutes, but don't worry if you need to drop off, feel free to refill that registration link to watch the rest of the webinar. So let's jump back into our slideshow. Oh, the last thing I want to do is just to show you that volcano plot where we can highlight particular genes that may be either up or down regulated to look for potential biomarkers or drug discovery. All right, so the last thing that let's what we're going to talk about is to confirm and validate your findings. So remember, in IPA, what we have is we have processed public data, not only on the metadata side, but also on the raw data and include that in Omicsoft. So for those of you in the audience who have access to Omicsoft, this is where you'll also get your proteomics data. But the, for those of you who have access to Omicsoft data through IPA, what we could do is we can explore those data sets and look at pathways that may be activated, inhibited. We may look for anti-matching data sets. We can also look at sample level information to see whether a particular gene is expressed, how they correlate with one another. Perhaps if you're interested in survival curves, generate a survival curve for your particular uh, TCGA cancer type. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about how we can use Land Explorer to validate and confirm our findings. So for those of you who may have, let me close this search and let's close this down. For those of you who may have a comparison analysis ready, let's go ahead and regenerate that gene heat map. So remember in my slideshow, what we can see is that GPR84 is one of the genes that are that is expressed across all of our different conditions. Anytime you see blue in IPA, that's going to take you to a hyperlink. So in this case, clicking on that blue hyperlink is going to bring us to the IPA gene view page. And I'm just going to go back to uh, the software. For those of you who have upstream analysis open. This is the same thing where we can click on the hyperlink on the side here. So let's say we're interested in IL-1 beta, clicking on that hyperlink will bring us to a gene IPA gene view page. So let's go back to GPR84. This is quite useful uh, inter uh, interface. We can see where this gene is participating in terms of canonical pathways, what microRNAs may potentially target this particular gene, additional information about splice variants, drug information, 
recent findings and any literature findings that may be associated with this gene. So feel free to explore this particular page to look at additional information and to help you with your research. What we're gonna focus on today is this Omic Soft Land Explorer, where we can look at sample level data for a particular gene. For those of you who may be working with toxicology screenings, perhaps normal solid tissue from GTEx, HPA, or if you're working with blood cells, Blueprint may be useful to you. For those of you who are interested in cancer, we have a whole sleuth of consortium data, including TCGA. Any geo data associated with oncology is going to be under on, uh, general oncology. And any non-oncological diseases are going to be in the human disease, mouse disease, or rat disease. So for today, let's go ahead and explore some mouse disease data sets from RNA-seq experiments. But don't forget, microRNA experiments are also included here in Omicsoft. So clicking on mouse disease, we're going to take us to the Land Explorer. So once again, how do we get to the IPA gene view page? Feel free to click on any of the hyperlinks you see for the genes, either in upstream analysis, either through your gene heat map, we can also search for that, so GPR84 under the genes and chemicals. And that is also going to produce a hyperlink for us to take us to the IPA GeneView page. Once we get to the IPA GeneView page, we can locate the Omicsoft Land Explorer, where we can access the various different collections using the hyperlinks. For today, we're going to focus on mouse disease. So by clicking on this mouse disease, so this would contain samples from non-oncological diseases, we can get to our gene FPKM for GPR84 across various different disease categories. So on the left-hand side here, we have various different filters. So for today, let's say we're interested in how is GPR84 expressed in various different infectious diseases. Let's go ahead and expand disease category tab. And here, let's go ahead and check none and scroll down to infectious disease. Of course, if you're studying something else, feel free to select your disease category of interest. After we selected our disease category of interest, let's go ahead and hit apply. And now we have isolated samples that are only relevant to infectious disease. We are then going to change the grouping from disease category, which is the high level, categorization to disease state. Now we can see how GPR84 is expressed across these various different infectious diseases. So for example, this meliodosis has a high expression of GPR84. Ebola seems to have still relatively high, but not the highest. 
We also see influenza A may have a pretty broad spectrum. And not surprising, parasitic disease may even have lower expression of this GPR84. So by using that raised hand button, how many of you would find this particular analysis to be useful for your cross-species study? So I can see that some of you find this particularly useful. So thank you for that feedback. So remember, we went from ferrets and non-human primate samples all the way to looking at mouse and human samples from GEO and SRA and TCGA. So again, how did we get here? We first clicked on the hyperlink for a particular gene, access the mouse disease collection. We then expanded the disease category tab, checked none, selected infectious disease and hit apply. We then changed the groupings from disease categories. In this case, that arrow should be a little bit lower to disease state right here. And now we are samples are divided up and grouped by disease states. Feel free to hover over the graph to access the snapshot tool. And feel free to show the p-values for this particular graph as well. The next thing we could do is we can even further isolate our samples based on tissues. So let's go back to our land explorer. If we notice here for Ebola, there are two particular tissue samples here. There's one for liver, and there's another color here for hematopoietic and lymphoid cells. So let's go ahead and filter down for our disease state of interest. So using the filters on the side here, type in Ebola, selecting Ebola, hit OK, and remember to hit the Apply button or else the filters will not be applied. After that, again, since the grouping is based on disease state, we can group this based on tissue. So now we can see that samples are grouped based on liver as well as spleens. So now we have, we have shown you how to filter for disease categories, disease states. We talked about how to do the various different groupings to look at how GPR84 expression is uh, across different tissues. So again, in my slideshow, we can see how we have isolated the disease states, search for Ebola, and remember to hit the apply button, change the groupings to tissues so that now the geo samples are grouped based on the tissue of interest. So the last thing we're going to do is generate a correlation. So in this case, in our original HEBAP, we can see that there are a couple of metalloproteases. Let's go back here. In this case, there's an MMP8 that is also broadly expressed across these various different species. So what we can do is we can 
type in that particular gene of interest. So let's go back into our Land Explorer. So to search for multiple genes, we have to put comma MMP8. In this case, let's see if it comes up. Let me go ahead and type a little bit faster. GPR84. All right, let's go ahead and go back to the mouse disease. Let's go ahead and refresh our memory of using these filters to filter for our infectious disease of interest. Hit apply. Let's go ahead and search for our Ebola. Under disease state, hit apply. And remember our tissue, our groupings for the samples were based on tissues. And now what we can do is we can type in our MMP8, hit that, click on search. All right, so now we have the main expression by tissue, which is not what we want. Let's go ahead and hit this little gear button move the slider down to find the multi-gene correlation, move that over and click, click on okay. So now rather than average FPKM, using the drop-down menu, we can select multi-gene correlation. Notice that we can also generate a heat map based on these two genes. So feel free to select the one that you want. Clicking on multi-gene correlation, now we get a multi-gene correlation between spleen or between these two different samples uh, for MMP8 and GPR84. Now, if we would be interested in just the liver, feel free to use that tissue filter, type in liver, click on OK, hit apply, and now only liver samples are going to be on the graph. And of course, we can show the p-value, hover over the graph, and take a snapshot. So once again, once we get to the gene FPKM view, we can type in MMP8. And remember the comma at the beginning. Click on that autofill text. Click on Search. The default view is going to be average FPKM. So we have to click on that little gear button, scroll down till we find that multi-gene correlation RNA-seq FPKM, move that over and make that readily available. We can then change that from average FPKM to multi-gene correlation to generate our correlation flow. Now, remember, there's also a heat map option. And this also allows you to look at multiple genes, so not just two. So with that, I just want to thank all of you for joining today's webinar to see how we can use IPA to not only 
compare across different species. But starting from a species, a model species of interest, how to leverage the publicly available data that have been pre-curated and pre-analyzed in IPA to further your research and your studies. So with that, thank you very much for those of you in the audience. Thank you for attending. Thank you, Kristen and Paul and Leah for answering questions in the Q&A box and in the chat. If there are any additional feedback, I'd be more than happy to answer them uh, now. Awesome, thank you so much, Tim, for that wonderful presentation. Um, lots of good information in there. So a couple of things for our participants. I'm sharing those slides for today um, in the chat box in case you wanted a copy of them yourself. I'm also sharing a SurveyMonkey uh, link for you. So we love uh, getting additional feedback about this training, maybe what you wanna see in future training. So if you could uh, spend just a few moments and give us your thoughts, that would be wonderful. So once again, that is that SurveyMonkey link that I've shared in chat. So a couple questions for you, Tim, uh, that came across. Um, so if a uh, individual was interested in um, learning more about, say, all of the different colors, um, different uh, shapes that they might encounter in IPA. Is there a place that uh, folks could go to figure out what all of that stuff means? Absolutely. So let's uh, exit all of these. So to access the legends page, let's go ahead and go to this help button. And underneath help, you'll see the legend. And that's going to bring up a web page of all the various different shapes and colors. And Paul, the my colleague uh, who's on the call today, he always says that he prints this legend page out and have it beside his computer. So feel free to do so, print it out and have it while you're working on your IPA analysis. Uh, you can also save it as a PDF on your desktop. And uh, there's also a high resolution version of this image if you would like to include the colors and the legends for your publication. Awesome, thank you so much for that. Another question would be, what if I wanted to just quickly uh, look up, say, a gene of interest in IPA and, you know, uh, rapidly kind of look and see how is this expressed across all of uh, normal tissues, for instance? Where would I be able to go to do that? Yeah, so let's say if we want to search for a gene of interest, Let's go ahead and click on this genes and chemicals, search for your gene of interest. And remember, we can access the IPA gene view page. And access the IPA gene view page. There we go. So remember, normal tissues will be under GTEx, human protein atlas, or blueprint. So blueprint is for hematopoietic cell lineages. So clicking on GTEx, this is going to access normal tissue data. So perhaps you're interested in how GPR84 is it broadly, broadly expressed or is it uh, pretty uh, restricted? Looking at this is quite interesting because the blood seems to have a very broad expression of GPR84 and a very high expression of this particular gene. So if you're targeting some kind of hematopoietic cell lineage, perhaps this may be a good target for that. 
Excellent. Thank you so much for that. So it doesn't look like we have any more questions coming in. So I did want to thank, once again, everybody for joining us today. We know your time is super valuable and we really appreciate the participation, all the questions coming through um, and just being with us here today. Thanks, Tim, for this wonderful presentation. Um, lots of good stuff in here for all sorts of different uh, facets of biology even. So that's really great to see. And then thanks uh, to the other folks that stayed on the line, Paul and Leah, answering any sort of licensing related questions. So we are going to stay on the line just for a couple more minutes to see if there are any last minute uh, questions that come across. But in the meantime, I will stop the recording and uh, wait and see if anybody else has any questions.